Welcome, teacher friend. I'm Lori. And I'm Melissa. We are two literacy educators in Baltimore. We want the best for all kids, and we know you do too. Our district recently adopted a new literacy curriculum, which meant a lot of change for everyone. Lori and I can't wait to keep learning about literacy with you today. Hi, Lori. Hi, Melissa. How are you today? I am awesome. We don't have to uh, let anybody know, except for all of our listeners, that we've already recorded this podcast. <laughs> we just... Take two. Take two. <laughs> you guys, we recorded it, and it wasn't recording. Yeah, so we're going to do it again. I don't think we're the be first podcasters... It's going to be better the second time around. <laughs> I don't think we're the first podcasters to do that either. Nope. <laughs> I kept looking at it. I was like, it is not recording. <laughs> But then I thought, maybe I don't understand GarageBand that well. <laughs> this time it is. All we right, got we it. Got, we got it, y'all. So today we're going to be talking about a couple of articles. Um, one came across pretty recently, just in May, um, an article from Natalie Wexler, and it's called The Biggest Education News Story You've Never Heard Of. And it really caught my eye because um, I think there was like a journalism conference of some sort mm-hmm. here, education journalism conference here in Baltimore. And so in the article, it actually talks about our CEO, Sonia Santelisis, and she's talking about this idea of knowledge building, which is what we've been talking about too. Yes, with the Wit and Wisdom curriculum, that is building knowledge and vocabulary, that is their main focus. Yeah, so very exciting. Yes. And so, Natalie Wexler, we really do love you, and we we are your big fan club. Maybe Um, stalkers. (laughs) So we're also going to highlight another article, because once we got into uh, Natalie's article from this past May, 2019, we found another one um, that was published in The Atlantic, and um, it was from April of 2018, Why American Students Haven't Gotten Better at Reading in 20 Years. And we will put the links for all of these articles in the the show's um, information, but the article that I'm going to be speaking about is sharing that schools usually focus on teaching comprehension skills instead of general knowledge, but education researchers know better. So essentially, right, why are we not doing what we know better about? Yeah. Um, And so I'm going to mostly talk about this article. Melissa's going to talk about the other one. We'll talk together about both, (laughs) but um, we'll be sharing information from both articles and we thought it would be easier if we each had one article in front of us yes. to, to provide text <laughs> evidence for you all. Yeah, and um, the one that I have here, again, it's written sort of to journalists or, or about journalists. And so mm-hmm. it says that, you know, journalists might not be aware of this idea of, you know, people think we need to focus on reading skills, but in actuality, it's the knowledge that is the important thing. I would technically argue that it's not just journalists. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, that I think even, you know, our CEO coming out and saying that, you know, we have this new curriculum, we're moving this direction is slightly radical in mm-hmm. terms of education right now. It's not something that is really, I, I don't know, common in our, in the literacy world right now, mm-hmm. but becoming more common. And it should be because it's shift three. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> but I feel like this shift is like finally happening. It's finally hitting. <laughs> We finally got to Shift 3. Yeah. So you can listen to our other podcast, All About Shift 3. Yes. And we interview Sarah Woodard from Wit & Wisdom. It's an amazing resource if you're looking to get more information about building background knowledge and vocabulary and why all of this is so important and the impact of Shift 3, not only on the Wit & Wisdom curriculum, but just general information, learning more about it, going a bit deeper into it. But yeah, it's it's something that we're kind of coming into our own about mm-hmm. <laughs> right now. Yeah, like just starting to. And I think like there's a quote from here. I won't read the whole quote, but I think that 
I'll give the gist of it. Yeah. Um, you know, the idea is that, you know, when we look at these tests, right, the standardized tests, it looks like what students are being assessed on is things like finding the main idea, making inferences, those skills, when in fact it has little to do with those skills. A little bit it does, right? But it mostly has to do with the passage, mm -hmm. right? And the passage that's there is what really matters. And, you know, the vocabulary, the content, and what students know about it coming into reading that and how they interact with it, how they comprehend it, all of that that goes into it, which is hugely complex, yes. <laughs> is so much more important than just, okay, I taught them main idea one day, so that means that they should be able to apply that to whatever text I put in front of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the first year of teaching, I was doing the main idea and details oh, yeah. Sunday, and then we were learning main idea in isolation. It was very skill-driven, followed by... Um, I don't want to say low-level application, but it was very fabricated. Yeah. This fabricated ap application of main idea and details to a text that clearly was from a workbook that mm -hmm. lent itself to mm -hmm. main idea and details. And to be perfectly honest, my students could not apply that to a complex text that we were reading in class, right? They right. couldn't apply that to... Um, Talk everlasting. I mean, that's a bad example because it's man idea and details, but uh, <laughs> they couldn't apply it to a text we were reading in class. Let's put it that way. Because it wasn't something that was useful for them. They weren't applying in the moment and using the text to drive their thinking. Right. So. Right. And then there's one line here that I will read. She says, but it can be hard for teachers to absorb this message, especially when their job readings and those other schools are tied to test scores, which just oh. like. Makes so much sense, right? Preach like, Natalie, preach yeah. Natalie. Right? If you're looking at that test and you're like, well, no, let's just break it down. What are they being tested on? Let's teach that. And yes. that should be it. But it does not work that way for literacy. It no. doesn't work. No. And I think we were talking before. Which shows in podcast. your NAEP scores. It shows in our NAEP scores. It does show in NAEP scores. But it also shows in the way that people focus on, like, quote, teaching one standard, like reteaching a standard. Mm -hmm. um, whereas, like, standards are not isolated incidents there yeah. it's like I always share with teachers I feel like stand, especially new teachers I try and create visuals it's like a tornado like you need to know how to how to find the main idea of the text you need to find the text evidence so right you're hitting several standards you need to be able to um, use the vocabulary you need to be able to identify the author's purpose and then all of that together creates your comprehension experience so it's like a tornado of of a handful of standards, if not more, right, usually way more, all wound up to get you to a task. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that also makes me think of, you know, not only like what does the instruction look like, but we talked a little bit, we're, we're already talking about assessment, but that's kind of like their end of year test. But when we talk about assessment, like throughout, it brings me back to my first year of teaching <laughs> and, you know, I just was being pushed to use data, use data you know, look at, track the data, see where they are. What am I doing with that data? And it never fully made sense to me mm -hmm. <laughs> because I just thought that, right? Like, okay, well, they didn't get that main idea question right. Does that mean they really don't understand how to find a main idea? Or right. is it that text that they struggled with? And then what do you, like, you can't just reteach main idea in a different way. They might still struggle with it on that text because that text is difficult. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot messier than just, a quick reteach, Absolutely. right? It's a lot messier than just looking at how many students scored well on this one question, right? But it's a matter of looking at 
the actual text itself, the vocabulary in that text, you know, what your students know about whatever that text is about, and, and yeah, the skills and the other that went text into that it. they've read about topical knowledge about mm-hmm. that text is, or you know, about that subject as well. Yep. To be able to apply it. Yeah. So it's all these puzzle pieces that go into it that you can't just simply look at the outcome and make decisions about it. Yeah. I love, yeah, absolutely. I like that puzzle piece analogy. So it all comes together. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I always think like the most intimate experience that you can have and really get to know a kid as a reader is by experiencing it with them. So listening to them read, but then also having that discussion with them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where literacy and math are just so different. Obviously we know they are, but it's just, it just digs deeper when math can say like, okay, I know the skill of um, dividing fractions is really holding the student up down the line because they can't access this problem because they don't know how to divide fractions, right? They're supposed Mm -hmm. to have that skill. They can't do it. That's a roadblock for them. Whereas literacy, it's so driven by things that we can't touch or feel. Like, I can't touch or feel what you know in your background knowledge in your brain about X, Y, or Z. (laughs) You know, and so it's really that conversation with the kid after they read the text and it's more anecdotal, right? So you're jotting yes. notes down, you're listening to your students, you're asking them targeted questions that will help you assess what they, what they know. Right. And what right. they can do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's messy. It's really messy. <laughs> well, we'll get into it in further podcasts yes, <laughs> about, absolutely. about what to do with assessments and data, but yeah, for now I, we'll leave it as it's messy. <laughs> yes, I agree. And I don't, I don't want to leave the, uh, the NAEP scores comment hanging, but yeah. um, NAEP refers to the National Assessment of Educational Progress, in case you're wondering, and just FYI, that math scores have been flat since 2009. Reading scores since 1998, with just a third or so of students performing at a level the NAEP defines as proficient. Performance gaps between lower income students and their more affluent peers, among other demographic discrepancies, have remained stubbornly wide. That is, we'll just leave it at that, that's so astounding. A third of the students performing at the level of proficient. So I guess, you know, we are just thinking why, if we know that general knowledge and knowledge build and vocabulary support comprehension better than teaching skills in isolation, why are we still doing it? Why, Mm -hmm. you know, why are curriculums still being built, right? Like when you look at ed reports, curriculums are still being built, some on skills Mm -hmm. versus the knowledge build. And so if all of this research points to this, how can we shift our thinking as educators to be able to make this a reality? That's a great question. Mari. I love that how question. Are we, how are we? <laughs> how are we doing that? We are going to join forces with Natalie Wexler yeah. and somehow make this happen. Well, she does have a book coming out, Melissa. I know she does, and I'm so excited about her book. Yes. So we are thinking of having a book club um, for our podcast listeners. And it's Natalie Wexler is coming out with a book in August of 2019. And it's called The Knowledge Gap, The Hidden Cause of America's Broken Education System and How to Fix It. So we were thinking it would be really awesome to read this book and then each week um, come to you with a very mini podcast and just debrief the book, debrief our thinking, um, and and really get our hands on and our brain, try to wrap our brains around what she's saying about this topic. 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, to your question of, like, how do we make this shift? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, like, we don't, we don't fully understand it, and I think, like, we have spent the past year trying to understand it, and like you said, we're definitely light years from where we were to mm-hmm. understand it from a year ago, um, but there's so much more, like, I mean... I want to read her book because I want to learn more about the, like, why and how we actually do this. Yeah. Um, And so I think, yeah, we need to share that and get more people. Can you pre-order it? You have it pulled up. I already pre-ordered it, Lori. Oh, pre-order it. I already pre-ordered it. I'm going to pre-order it. (laughs) (laughs) Done and done. What I think is cool about the book, though, is that it, it says it'll take readers inside schools and classrooms, and it will show them exactly what the skills focused approach to literacy instruction looks like, mm-hmm. which I think is important because, you know, folks may not know that they're doing a skills-focused approach, right. you know, until you kind of zoom out and you see the big picture, you might be like, wow, that's me, and how can I shift my instruction yeah. to be um, to be more equitable? Yeah, yeah, and, and I think it's no fault of any teachers, right? It's no. how I was taught to teach reading. I'm sure yeah, that's how, I was how taught you were taught well. to teach reading. Mm-hmm. You know, it is the common message of how we teach so I think it's yeah no be really interesting to read our book and see what what it looks like and identify ourselves yeah in that and and I think that's where that's shift. I mean that's why Wit and Wisdom has been such an incredible experience this year mm-hmm. is because not only have we been able to be learners about um essentially right like about the 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 knowledge and building knowledge and the building vocabulary but also we've been able to see kids engaged in this process and just be believers mm-hmm. like it, it just made me so much of a believer in wit and wisdom's curriculum structure um and then just everything about it makes so much sense right the arcs of learning the, the focusing question tasks um how you prepare for teaching just yeah. so i mean i know we're going to talk about it all <laughs> on a different podcast but it really does speak to to this and um Every time I look at it, it just, I feel like, oh, hallelujah, you know? (laughs) And I've heard from teachers and principals this year that, I mean, I think at first it was a huge, like, I mean, I don't want to keep using the word shift. Left turn. (laughs) Yes, a huge left turn (laughs) from where they were. Um, And I think, you know, took a lot of people by surprise about, like, the way that it changed not doing that skills-based teaching. And I think some people probably still struggling with it, which is understandable. Yeah. Um, but I think what I heard the teachers and principals saying is like over the course of the year, they started to see it working a little bit. And I mean, because it's not an easy, it's not a, you know, you do this for a week and it's fixed, right? Like building knowledge of students is over time. So um, time. And so even hearing that over one year, we're seeing like them starting to get it and bring their knowledge from one text to the next text to the next text and it's making sense yeah um, I can only imagine like over the next few years what that will mean for our students oh my gosh mm-hmm. right I mean they're think about our first grade babies who yeah. are who are getting this in first grade and by the time they get to eighth grade mm-hmm. oh my gosh it's just going to be incredible yeah their growth I agree. and you know I, I just think they're going to be so excited about learning and they're going to have so much background knowledge in their, their backpack that they're just going to take it with them into high school and soar with it. They're, mm-hmm. they've, they're going to have so much information that they will be so pumped to learn and, and build their, continue to build their knowledge over time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> so th- to 
the moral of the story is that we love Natalie Wexler. Please Absolutely. read her articles that we've highlighted today. Um, Melissa, read that. Well, you want to read that title again? Yep, it is the biggest education news story you've never heard of. And mine is why American students haven't gotten better at reading in 20 years. Yep, and you can pre-order her book. She is not giving us anything for selling her book right now on our podcast. We just really want you to read it. But The Knowledge Gap, The Hidden Cause of America's Broken Education System and How to Fix It. So we are going to start a book club. RSVP that book on Amazon. Pre-order it. We are not getting anything from Amazon either, but we would happily take it. (laughs) (laughs) We're both prime members because we have children. Um, But we are so thankful that you listened to us today. And please feel free to join our Facebook group, Melissa and Lori Love Literacy, as well as we are on Instagram, Melissa and Lori Love Literacy. So find us and connect with us. And we can't wait to talk to you again soon. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about this more. Bye, everybody.